and welcome to the Sport at Bow Desert podcast with me, Mr. Griffiths. And me, Mr. Dill. It's good to be back. Last week, we discussed sport during lockdown and the different challenges and things that people are getting up to during this period. We also welcomed on Miss Swan as our first guest, and she spoke a little bit about her memories of sport growing up and how she's ended up being a sports teacher at Bow Desert. How is everything with you once again this week? Yeah, we've had a good week. Thanks, Mr. Griffiths. Um, in the Dill household, we've, I think like all families, we've, we've had our ups and downs with the, certain things with, with the children and, and homeschooling, not all plain sailing. But yeah, we're all good, thank you. We're all good. We've been filming our latest uh, athletics lesson this week with the boys. So they enjoyed that. So that was a bit of travelling, which is going to come next week. So um, yeah, we've had, a, we've had a good week and we, we've enjoyed filming some lessons again. Brilliant. And as this podcast continues into next term and beyond, we'll obviously use this time as a, an opportunity to reflect on the children's success in their sporting fixtures and their training sessions at school, be it in rugby, hockey, netball, whatever they're getting up to. During this time of lockdown, we have to reflect on our online learning. How's everything going with your BPS run cycle and swim Europe, or whatever it is we're now doing? Yeah, so BPS, uh, we are run, walking and cycling as far as we can as a community, as a BPS community, we, our initial target was Paris. We've absolutely hammered it through Paris. And we're now, our next destination is Madrid. So we've got about a thousand Ks to go into Madrid. But it's been great. It's been great to watch um, all the different families take part in the event. We had our leaders last week were the Douglas Pennant family. Very well done to them, as well as the, the Haynes family both through uh, running, walking and cycling. So it's really great to see and it's just a little event that uh, our families can get involved with. Excellent. And this is one of the many things we have available on the sports resource pages. So again, if you're not into your running and you're walking or you can't get access to Strava, then by all means check out our other pages, whether it's gymnastics or Superhero Fit or Ultimate Skills Master. Please get involved. From a cricket side of things, the Woodford family have been sending in some great videos. They've really set the standard for videos coming through online. So please keep going with those. It's great to see you forming and us to be able to give you feedback. This week, our topic is managing your time. We're going to discuss a little bit why it's so important to manage your time, particularly during this uh, tricky term we are part of at the moment and how we can best use the time we are given. I'm really pleased to welcome Dr. Kieran Smith, who is a friend of mine and as a local boy, he was at school at Amberley Primary School just down the road, uh, went to Marling, followed by Bristol University. And during his studies to become a doctor, he has maintained a very successful sporting career. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Smith. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Very good to have you. And I suppose what we're going to do today, as you've just started as a doctor at Cheltenham, we just want to run through a little bit about how you got into being a doctor but with a real focus on your sporting life as well that worked alongside your studies. So what are your earliest memories of playing sport as a youngster? I think my first sporting memory was probably in playing backyard cricket in my house in Ebley, where we lived um, until I was four. So yeah, I was four at the time. My dad was quite a keen cricketer himself. So, you know, he bought plastic cricket sets, the quick cricket sets, the, the blue plastic bats that I'm sure you guys are familiar with. And there was a bit of a slope in the garden, uh, so which, which you know, made things a bit difficult, gave, gave some challenges. But my dad would, yeah, he'd throw balls for hours at me. I remember whacking them and losing many a ball and upsetting many a neighbour, I'm sure. 
um, constantly running around and asking if I could have my ball back. And of course, from a bowling point of view, I think the slope probably helped. It, maybe it was the beginning of my, my spin career as a leg spinner. I'm not sure I was actually doing anything as a four-year-old at the time in terms of applying any spin to it. But, you know, it gave the illusion anyway that I was doing something to it. That's quite an interesting point, actually. Hi, Kieran. I'll just come in there about the, um, the backyard backyard games. I remember, um, I think everyone does when they're, when they're younger. I remember with my brother playing all sorts of different games in the garden, be it tennis or, or cricket and hitting these balls over. And um, I remember our, our neighbours coming back once with, um, with about 100 tennis balls in, in a bucket. They kept them all and we thought we'd... Uh, we collect them all, but they came up by 100 balls. It was quite interesting, actually, you're talking about backyard games, because there's a study in Australia with the top cricketers. And in this study, they all talked about their games when they were younger and, and how their skill sets had been developed by playing cricket in their gardens, on their driveways, and, and be it avoiding a, a window or, 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 or trying to, to hit long and straight down a long driveway. It's quite interesting to talk about. I think it's probably a, a perfect opportunity to develop a wide range of skills just by just by playing in the garden with their families. And the opportunity the children have to play at home in their gardens and come up and be creative with their own games could actually stand them well in the future. So hopefully we'll we'll see more of that moving forward. Moving on then, Dr. Smith, I know you went to school at Marling and you have an interest in the academic side of things where you look to become a doctor. At what point did you decide you wanted to pursue a career in medicine? Yeah, that's a good question, because a lot of people, a lot of my contemporaries who have gone into medicine, often there was a, a kind of moment in their life where suddenly, you know, they realised, yes, this is what I want to do. This is really something that interests me. I think with medicine, for me, it, it more just kind of crept up on me gradually. I always quite enjoyed science at school. Um, I was always reasonably good at it, and it came reasonably naturally. And as I progressed through, I, I guess I started looking into career options and obviously being interested in science upsprung medicine there's not much medicine in the family because that's another reason often people go into it is because influences from parents and things my uncle by marriage he's a breast surgeon over in thailand and i was fortunate enough to go out there with my family for a short holiday when i was about 12 or 13 and we spent a couple of weeks there and he kindly allowed me to spend a few days sort of shadowing him and that's when it really kind of gripped me i kind of thought actually yeah I can really see myself doing this it seems to really appeal to me and it kind of went from there really and then of course I had to get my act together and knuckle down and try and get the, the required grades and all the other things that that are required to to apply for medicine because it is it's quite competitive and I think in a way my sport actually helped that as well because my academic work you know you spend long hours working and you're working hard in the evenings doing all your work and I think sport was a nice release for me yeah, I was going to say that, actually, that many children go through school, senior school, primary school, not really knowing what they want to do, but they have sort of the opportunity to go through exams with sport on the side. How did you go about best managing your sport and your academic and be able to do both to the full? Yeah, I obviously it's a challenge because you think, you know, you've only got a certain amount of time and if you want to get the, the grades that you want and, you know, do all your homework and then do well in your exams you think gosh I've got to spend a lot of time studying which you do but then I've got all these other interests and I enjoy my sports and there's so many sports that I enjoy how am I going to fit them all in so that's the challenge and it it isn't easy I'll admit that for sure but it's certainly doable I think I think one of the myths are that you know there isn't time to do both I'm of the view that you there certainly is time 
and actually having sporting commitments structured within your week makes you realize that you actually only have a small window to do your studies if you want to then go to cricket training for example or go to football practice you know you might get home from school at four o'clock and you know that you've got nets cricket nets at eight o'clock in the evening that's a small little window to get your homework done and your revision done for the next day or whatever so it actually it forces you to be quite strict with yourself and disciplined and you knuckle down and do it and I think sometimes it's quite easy to drift into a pattern of thinking of you know when you don't have those sporting commitments you can think oh I've got all evening to do this and you keep putting stuff off and actually you then you just aren't as productive so I think you can in a way having those that structure of sporting commitments throughout the week helped me realize just to get the work done quickly and effectively and that doesn't mean necessarily spending less time studying. It just means studying more effectively. So you're making more of your time, if, if that makes sense. Okay, so Kieran, obviously you, you were due to graduate this summer. Your, your course was finished um, two months early. You obviously graduated uh, earlier than was expected. And now you're, you're working full time at, at Cheltenham during this time. What would you say sport has given you in terms of a skill set outside of playing cricket or playing rugby or playing football what skills has that offered your role as a doctor now yeah that's a really good question because again I think the things that you learn in your studies and the things that you learn through your sport can actually often be very very similar skill sets and that's why I think they're so compatible so I think some of the qualities that sport has helped me take into my role now as a doctor one of which would be leadership you know, sport, for example, a lot, I play a lot of team sports, so cricket, rugby, football. You're, you're on the pitch with several other, other players and, you know, you're learning to work in a team. You're communicating with them. You're learning all of those skills, those leadership skills, how to be you know, a role model, set an example. And just in the same way, you know, as a doctor now, you know, patients look to you as a role model and someone that um, they're going to put their trust in you for their ongoing care. And so I think leadership is really important in that sense, as well as the leadership within sort of the medical team that you're working in. And that's not just doctors, but that's nurses, that's physiotherapists, that's the pharmacists. And you're all in this big machine of the NHS with all the cogs turning and you're just one little cog, just like you are, you know, on a cricket field, you're just one cog within that, within that machine that, that gets you to victory. So I think, yeah, leadership and teamwork. The other thing is, obviously, you mentioned me being graduated early. So that was a little bit of a su surprise being thrown in to work slightly earlier than I expected. And I suppose, you know, that's thinking on the spot, isn't it? It's the adaptability and, and sport can give you that too. You know, no two matches are the same and you have to constantly try and evolve and adapt and change your game to, to best try and outwit the opposition. And then, of course, you've got, you know, if you want to try and pursue sport at a higher level, you're going to have to make some sacrifices as well. So, you know, a lot of your mates, there might be social um, activities that you might have to forfeit in order to, in order to go to training. And sometimes that can feel a bit rubbish because, you know, you, you feel like you're missing out sometimes. And I suppose they are small little sacrifices that you, you make on the way to, to trying to, to improve and, and get to where you want to. So I suppose within that, you know, sport has taught me hard work, but also how to deal with when things are a bit difficult. And I'm sure throughout my medical career, you know, I will have a lot of difficult situations, but hopefully, you know, what I've learned through my sport and how, how to deal with those difficult situations might hopefully stand me in good stead. Fantastic. And 
the, the opportunity our children have here at Bow Desert, the, what they do here is so broad, whether it's through their academic, their music, their drama, their sports, we really encourage them to do as much as they can and to do everything and be as good as they can at everything so that later on in life, when they need to, they can have a broad range of experiences to go to and, and decide. So what advice would you give our children when they're going through their journey, prep school to senior school, and they, they're doing so much? What advice would you give them moving forward about how long they should continue doing things before specialising in what they believe they might do in the future? Yeah, I think especially for, you know, the kids at Bow Desert, I think it's so important just to keep an open mind and try different things, stick with different things. Obviously, you can't do absolutely everything. You can't, you know, play every single sport and play every single instrument as well as, you know, doing incredibly well in, in exams. You can't do absolutely everything, but I would say try and do as much as you possibly can. Don't just commit yourself just to one sport or, you know, one instrument or whatever. I think, you know, there's so much that we can learn from different sports and often they complement each other. So, for example, I always played rugby and football in the winter and cricket in the summer. And although there was some overlap in terms of the time taken with each sport, I think, you know, they, they actually complemented each other. They're both, you know, the, the athleticism required in rugby and football helped me with my cricket. And I think you can easily get drawn into believing that you're, you know, you're only you know, good at one sport, maybe, or that you, this, is, this is your sport. But I think if you can, try and keep your options open and play as many as you can. I think, I think you saying being open-minded, that's a really key thing. Be open-minded. I love it when I hear about older people, you know, people even older than myself and Mr. Dill, who are still learning or taking up new things. And I think that stems from a childhood of being willing to try new things, willing to fail at things, and effectively have an appreciation that you can enjoy anything at any time. And it gives you so many options moving forward if you've got that mindset. Yeah, definitely. And I think even, you know, when you first take up a sport, you know, inevitably you're not going to be the best at it are you because you're still learning it and it's all very new but that shouldn't be a reason not to try it and you know always give something a go and persist with it even you know even if you don't feel like you're particularly good at it stick at it because with practice things get better and you enjoy it more and like you're saying open-minded there's a lot out there that you can try and it's never too late to, to take up a new sport last week we listened to ed jackson how he encouraged us to see things in a positive light that may otherwise be seen in a really negative light and this time that we've got at home with our families is giving us a real sense of owning our time and sort of forcing us to evaluate how we best manage our time we haven't got the normal structures that we're so used to so mr bill what sort of tips would you give our children or anyone else listening as to how to manage their time during this particular period yeah, I mean, I think I think the children have got their daily timetable in front of them. They've got that that to follow, but they've really got to give their time outside of that. And it might be between lessons, uh, small breaks. It doesn't necessarily mean going outside and and spending huge amounts of time in the garden. But it's it's about managing their time into small breaks throughout the day. I think works being creative with their time. We've, we've provided a huge amount of resources and, and lesson plans, which I hope the children enjoy and following. But really, I think sometimes it's even more enjoyable for them to create their own games. And, and that's certainly what I think we've heard today from Kieran and, and what certainly I know you and me both did when we were younger is we created the, our own sort of games in the garden and, and that was a whole part of the fun and, and that kept us out there and, and, and more engaged. So small breaks throughout the day and uh, be creative with, with your time if you're going to be active. 
And I've actually, through a bit of research, I've created a list of the 20 top time management tips. So I will put these along with the podcast on our Firefly for the children to have a look through and see if there's any ways there that they can really feel will help them with their time management. It's actually quite an interesting list and certainly some things I'm going to try and take up during this period and, and beyond. Brilliant. Thank you very much, both of you, for your time. Next week on the podcast, we will be welcoming Mr. Dan Robinson, who is going to talk all things marathon running and his memories of being a pupil at the desert. And also a little theme will be on not giving up. So always trying to achieve success without quitting. Uh, we look forward very much to that. Thank you very much, Dr. Smith, for joining us tonight on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Mr. Dill, thank you as always for your company. Thank you. Thank you, Kieran. And look forward to seeing you both and hopefully speaking to you both again soon. And stay well, stay safe, everyone back at home. Thank you for listening. Royalty-free music from bensound.com.